0: This is Rob, host of Shut Up and Grind. This is episode number 155. Oh, Who the funk? 155. I'm not sure if funk is a word, but I'm using it anyway. So today we're going to be talking about adversity and how to turn adversity into opportunity. Right? How to take the messes of your life and turn them into powerful messages that can inspire people and can change people's lives. So those of you who watch the show on the regular, you know how we do. We dive into our guest backstory, figure out things that they had to overcome to get to where they where they are now. So that way we can inspire you if you're stuck in a rut or if you need to make a pivot in your life, you're not quite sure how to go about doing it or if it scares the holy hell out of you. Hopefully, the stories that we share here will help get you over that hump. And if you are brand new, if you're joining me on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. I don't really pay much attention to to YouTube, but I suppose I I should try now. So if you can subscribe to that channel, that would be great. If you're catching me on Facebook, please share the video, like the video, because don't keep all this good information to yourself. And if you don't know who I am or why you should listen to me, here's a couple of reasons. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not gonna see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like I wanna be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right, so for today's Teachable Moment, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. This is kind of some tough love for you, but... You know, when you end up the motivating, inspir- inspiring business, tough love is needed at times. I need you to stop lying to yourself, okay? You have time. Whatever that one thing is that you want to do, you have the time to do it because everyone has the same 24 hours. The billionaire has the same 24 hours as the person sleeping on the street. So it's about what you do with that time and how badly do you want to accomplish the thing that you want to accomplish. So if, if it's something that that's on the tip of your tongue that you want to do this one thing and you keep telling yourself, Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Yes, you do. And the world needs to experience whatever it is you want to accomplish. Like if you want to write a book, there's people out there who desperately need to read the words in that book. If you want to become a speaker, there's people who need to hear your speech. Like no matter what it is, there's someone out there that needs to hear it. Like only you can deliver it. So stop lying to yourself. You have the time Make the first steps, and then you'll you'll be surprised. Like once you prioritize it, you'll be surprised how much time you actually have. So that is today's teachable moment. So now I'm going to bring on my guest. I was a guest on her show. It was about six weeks ago, give, give or take. And so now I'm doing doing the favor back and having her come on. we're gonna get to learn all about her. So it's my turn to fire the questions her way. We'll get to hear her stories, her background and what she plans to do with her future so she's a radio host podcast host soon to be influencer and she's actually in one of my case studies of my speak about yourself out loud program so welcome Portia booker to the show
1: hey good to be back
0: robert good to see you again right yes nice seeing you as well so with you you're from uh you're out in cleveland right
1: Yes, Cleveland, Ohio. The mistake on the lake. You got it.
0: <laughs> the mistake on the lake. The mistake on the lake. <laughs> Told you, I went there once. It was in 2016. It, it was actually during that that Cavaliers run. And, okay. Uh, but but of course, while I was in town, their games w- were in California. So because I was gonna try to <laughs> try to sneak into one to one if I could while I was there, but I got gotta say I was pretty pretty impressed with with the city you know, the the, the part the parts I saw so many locals for me, like, don't go over there.
1: <laughs> don't go to East Cleveland, you'll get attacked by zombies or, you know, don't, don't go by the lake too heavy or you know, if you go into it, you may come out with seven toes and maybe <laughs> an extra toes. ear on your forehead. I don't know. There, there's all types of legends about Lake Erie. <laughs> I'll just say legend. <laughs> legend. Oh
0: my Lord. Let me tell you, that is that fan base especially with the Cleveland Browns, that fan base yes. is amazing. Cause I mean, I, I know, I know the Browns looked better these last couple of years, but mm-hmm. they sucked for a long, long time. And now granted, I'm a Dolphins fan. So I guess I can kind of, you know, I can kind of <laughs> sympathize, but like they are die hard. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, like, Oh, and eight. And them people are out there and, You know, 30 degree weather, no shirts on, faces painted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, these guys
1: are loyal out there. Oh, yeah. I think there's a bar here in town that is strictly for dedicated Browns fans somewhere. And there's one where I used to live at in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's a bar there that is strictly for Browns fans. No kidding. (laughs) I said, look, you know, if you got to be a diehard fan, then why not diehard in a bar? where you can cry and you can, you know, celebrate at the same <laughs> time.
0: That's the life of a Dolphins fan right there. <laughs> it's like every year, right, this is the year we're going to turn it around and we suck again. <laughs> I always we're love do
1: it. <laughs> I always the maybe next year. And I'm thinking – Geez, how many maybe next years is it gonna be? I'll be 90. I mean, for for Pete's sake, my great grandmother, God rest her soul. She died in 2018 at 102. She wow. finally got to see the Cavs get a championship. No kidding. You know, so I mean, I, I no pun intended. I guess you can say she died happy because her team yeah. won. LeBron, you know, they invited her on TV to do a live interview. No oh God. That was embarrassing because <laughs> Um, The local anchor asked her what was her secret to
0: longevity. Oh, boy.
1: And, you know, I I hate to say it. Older people have no filter. They speak their mind. You know, they hang out their dirty laundry without any shame. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my granny responded, loving the young boys. (laughs) And my face... Turned like Casper. So did my mom. And my mom had to interject and say, well, she watches UFC basketball and all the sports with younger players. And that yeah. keeps her going. And I said, okay, Ma, it's already live broadcasted to the world. How else can you cover that up?
0: <laughs> it's like, stop it, stop it. All right. So before we dive in, I just, I just want to share something along those lines as well. So my, my gym, this was a few years ago, we did a, a Christmas a Christmas event for a local mm. a local uh, nursing home, so like we we made gifts and you know, like coffee mugs, you know, uh, hot hot cocoa and you know, so we we just made gifts and we went to each room because a lot a lot of the people they don't have any family, so mm. we went we sung Christmas carols and everything and you know we gave them th- their gifts. So this one woman, I think she was ninety two, I believe, and she she asked if she could touch my head, so I was like. All right, that'll that'll make make the old woman, you know, smile on Christmas. Yeah, so I go over and she grabs my ass. Boom! I was like, "Hey now!" (laughs) Like (laughs) settle down. (laughs) She did not care at all. (laughs) She was taking that opportunity.
1: (laughs) It's like, um, hey, ma'am, um, wrong. Wrong cover uh, here. I, mean, I was like, this is exposed. Yeah, so like, my head is
0: here. It's right here. <laughs> I mean, she went right in, just getting back to that whole no filter thing. I mean,
1: no pun intended. Were you butt hurt? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let me tell you, I, I was just like, I, I think I got cast for a Like, <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was like, did she really just do that to me? <laughs> oh, God. You know.
1: Hey, I don't blame her. She needed some
0: entertainment,
1: and I guess you just happened to be her lucky pick. No pun intended. (laughs) Yep,
0: exactly. (laughs) All right, so let's learn more about you. So who is Portia?
1: Let's see. I was born on the mistake on the leg. Okay, let me stop there. That's the boring stuff. So (laughs) I'll be honest, Robert, I can actually say that I'm a liberated woman. And what I mean by that is for so long, I kept the noose around my neck of society's standards of what Porsche should be. Okay. You know, I, I went one route to become uh, a journalist and and that fell through. Then I went a different route to maybe stay in the healthcare field. That fell through until one day I said, you know what? What am I doing? Why am I not happy? So, I took some time to really invest in myself and really find out who is Portia? What does Portia really like to do outside of being? Who is Portia's identity besides who she is associated with her friends, her family? So, I could say Portia is a fully liber- liberated woman who loves to venture and explore life. This world is too big to be confined in a box. And that's what I've been doing for the last couple years is exploring all avenues of the world. Because for so long, I kept myself small because I was afraid to outgrow some of the people that I associated with for the longest time.
0: Yes, it's funny you say that because on yesterday's show, my teachable moment of, of the day was for people to define themselves. And to stop being labeled by society, by mm-hmm. their friends, by the family members. So like you you just I- illustrated that that perfectly. So- I did
1: watch that one yesterday. I did. Oh, did?
0: Okay. I do awesome. try
1: to watch yours when I have a free moment in between, working on obviously, you know, writing scripts, working on questions for my guests for my show. So yeah, I definitely resonate with that because for the longest time, I think that's what robbed me of really discovering and pursuing my passion as a person.
0: Yes, a, a, agreed. And I see that a lot, especially now that I'm working with with people, mm-hmm. co- you know, coaching, that a lot of them, they can't define themselves. Mm-hmm. They, they, just, they just can't do it. And, you know, even with people on the show, that, that's why I started telling people ahead of time that I'm going to ask you who is so-and-so. Because when I first started doing it, it was catching them off guard. And they were like, uh, "Um, that's that's a great. How the hell do you not know who you are? <laughs> it's, it's like you've been you your entire life." <laughs> you know,
1: but you see, it's a lot yeah. harder than what we think because we're often defined by society standards of who we're supposed to be, you know, yes. the things that we buy, the people we're associated with, the neighborhood mm-hmm. we live in, the way that yes. we grew up, we're not really taught to stand on our own two feet. We're taught yes. to just conform and keep our head down.
0: Exactly. Yes. Like I've i gone to to business events dressed like this. And I would walk in and let me tell you, like you could definitely cut the judgment with a knife. And <laughs> But by the end of the event, everyone wants my business card and they want to con- connect with me on social. And, you know, it's, it's like this isn't my my defining characteristic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. Like, I, I spent 20 years managing a re- restaurant, so constantly wearing the dress pants and the slacks. And, like, I'm an athlete. I'm a gym owner. This is me. <laughs> you know, so if you want me to show up to your event and to speak, I'm showing up as me. Mm-hmm. And, that's just how how it is. The content of what I deliver is going to overshadow the fact that I'm wearing a tank top or, or a hoodie. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. your authentic self is everything.
1: Oh, yeah. I think um, Gary Vaynerchuk does that a lot. He shows up in the sweatshirts and hoodies on different lives. And I'm like, yeah. He's authentically him. He doesn't care what people think about what he wears or, you know, the latest watches or whatever. I yeah. think a lot of times we define ourselves by the materials and and what I call the follow the Joneses algorithm. Yes. And I, I don't believe in that. I believe yeah. in just being me and you, you either like me or you don't. It's yeah. that simple. I mean, I hate to say it. My taste isn't for everybody. Porsche is not for everybody. I'm a little too blunt. I'm also a little too nice. You get heaven and hell at the same time with me. So <laughs> I guess <laughs> that, I that's that. the honest way to put it. You get both with yeah. me.
0: Yeah. Like I, I tell people, you know, and the people that work with me, I love to know, I, I tell you what, what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. Like not, not what you want to hear. So mm-hmm. when like, <laughs> so, someone was doing uh doing chest presses, this was a couple couple years ago. And she just kept complaining and kept complaining and kept complaining. And she's like, she's like, Rob, what, why did this never get any easier? And I said, you need to just stop being a little bee. You <laughs> I was like, it just, it just came out, you know? So, And she was like, wow. But let me tell you, she upped her game after that. You know, there's some sometimes when when you just come at people the way they need to hear it. Now, not everyone needs to hear it that mm-hmm. way, but I understand the personality types. And so, you know, someone someone who's who's like a real go getter. You know, you just give them the task and they'll go with it. But there's other people that need that foot in the tail. Mm-hmm. And she was one one that needed it. And like, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's like my goal is to get you to your goal. Mm-hmm. And and if you're not on the path, my job is to keep you on the path. You know. By any means necessary.
1: I'll be honest, Robert. That's what helped me to get my butt in gear was that blunt approach that people had with me, not the sugar coating, what I want to hear. No, give it to me straight. Yes. Look, I like my tequila straight. No chaser. If you're gonna, <laughs> you know, if you're gonna serve me drinks like that, I need my advice the same way. Because I don't like cookie cuttered anything or watered down. No. Tell it to me the way it is because then it makes me stop and reflect because sometimes we need that what I call the spit in the face moment in mm-hmm. order for us to really see, okay, am I really not following instructions? Why am I complaining about this? Why am I not advancing to the level that I need to get to? Well, yes. I have one of my good friends. Sometimes, I hate to say it, what she says is blunt to the team. Now, I know I'm blunt. But my goodness, this person, I love her to pieces. And I won't say her name because she knows who it is. She gives it to me blunt like nobody's business. And it cuts, it hurts what she says sometimes. And sometimes I just want to reach through the phone and just say, why did you say that to me? I just want (laughs) to strangle her sometimes. But what she has told me over the last XYZ years of our friendship, it has helped me to be a better person. Better than some of my family. I mean, so you need those people in your corner who are going to say, look, I don't think that's a good idea. And here's why. You're being yep. a little too emotional. You're being a little too much. You need to tone this down. You need people like that to hold you accountable. Yep.
0: Yeah. it's it's true. And going back to what you said that, you know, your style is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And once people realize, especially I would say, especially aspiring entrepreneurs, you don't have to be right for everyone. Like I know some people will see see my title, shut up and grind, and be like, "That's not for me." You know, like some mm-hmm. some pe- some people just don't need that. But there are a lot of people that do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like we're up to twenty seven countries now that have wow. like, that have heard this podcast. You know, like twenty seven countries, and it's like, are, are you serious? <laughs> you know, but but some people need that because they're in that rut and they're surrounded by people who coddle them. And then if yep. you're, if if that is if that's your circle, if they're not gonna push you to be better, then you're gonna stay exactly where you mm-hmm. are. So sometimes it takes that one person to be like, "Listen, we're gonna sift through the BS, get you to where you need to be. These are the mm-hmm. steps you gotta take." Well, I'm busy. Do, do you want to be busy? I mean, are, are you too busy to have what what you want? Like, if you're too busy now and you're not where you wanna be, does that make any sense? Why mm-hmm. don't you be busy getting to where you wanna be? <laughs> oh yeah, like, that's a hard concept to follow
1: see because we're creatures of habit and people I've noticed this over the last 10 years Robert that people know what the problem is yeah. they do right. but see they want that one person one person to agree with their sad sack approach so that yeah. way they're obligated to stay where they're at see if, if more people gave the tough love approach more people would be better off Mm -hmm. but some people are just a sucker for that little piece of affection or a little piece of oh yay somebody finally agreed with me that means i have an excuse to stay here no (laughs) Mm
0: -mm. and Mm -mm. i i take it back to 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 parents like when you have little kids we we celebrate everything Mm everything everything that they do is just excellent Right, we inspire them to be excellent. We inspire them to dream big and to want mm-hmm. big and to hope big. But then somewhere along the lines, we start clipping people's wings. Mm. You know, it's like oh, you're mm-hmm. chasing a dream. That ship has sailed. You need to do this. You need to just go work a nine to five. Only way to get ahead is to work two jobs. Like where, like where does that go go astray? You mm-hmm. know, like is it the educational system? Is it society pressure? It was like, in your, your opinion,
1: where do you think that stems from? So I'll be honest, Robert. I think it's a combination of things. One, at home, it does start at home. If yeah. your parents are always cheering you on all the time, even for the wrong things, you're going to think, oh, everything I do is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Then, two, when they go to primary school, I hate to admit it, Robert, but primary school is a direct replica to me of corporate. Mm -hmm. you know the these kids go there they're the bright students who are the overachievers some of these educators i hate to say it have their egos too high for really no reason so they penalize these bright students to make them feel less than Mm -hmm. so of course what does that do that makes their self-esteem low that makes them want to continue to shrink and shrink and shrink instead Mm. of continuing to raise the bar and achieve higher then of course if you have somebody who keeps what i call winning and excelling because of the education systems approach of passing people along the minute they get that big girl or big boy job and they get passed up for a promotion they get upset like the whole world owes them this because they work so hard well no 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 you didn't learn anything because you just were passed along instead of working your way up to this next point. You don't really, quote unquote, deserve it because you haven't proven yourself. So now you're upset with the world. You want the whole world to burn down. You want to cry boohoo, you know, I don't know, maybe pull a jigsaw and and cut people up. I don't know, (laughs) whatever, but I'm just being honest. Like some people take their revenge to an extreme. So Back to the point, though, it's a combination of at home and once kids start to learn and navigate the world
0: through school. I think kids also have to have to be they have to experience disappointment, you know. So, like, yes, you know, when you give parents that just give them everything, give them what they want, when they Mm -hmm. want it. It's like, you know, one thing I've taught my kids ever since they were little is you get what you get and you don't get upset. You know, so yeah. like if, if you want this, but I give you that you, you'd be grateful that you got that. And then mm-hmm. maybe, maybe next time we'll get this, you know, it, it's like, and that's how, how I've all, I've always done it with them. And you see it all the time that mm-hmm. parents just hand, they just handle everything. They, they, they coddle the kids like crazy, but, oh, what yeah. but what that's doing is it's not teaching a child to cope. Mm-mm. So then as that child gets older, and realize that there are actually disappointments in life. There are people that are going to tell, you no. you know, you like, like you said, you're going to apply for a job or for a promotion and not get it. And then they're not going to have the coping skills to deal with those disappointments.
1: You know what, Robert, I will say the other problem too is elementary sports mm. because what happens in, in like what fifth grade and below, they give everybody a trophy, and, and that doesn't teach you how to stand on your own two feet or be competitive in the world. Yeah. You, you're you going to grow up thinking, oh, everybody gets a trophy whether they win or lose. And that's not the case. Yeah. Hence why so many people have so many mental health problems once they get to being an adult because they don't learn, like you said, that you can come back from disappointment. Disappointment isn't a bad thing. I look at life as you either win or you learn or you win learn. Yes. For me, it's I win learn every time because, yes, I may win over just hypothetically a client to let me produce their podcast or whatever. And then if I don't, I learn from that experience of how I can better prepare myself for this next person or this next client that I'm going to talk to. So a lot of people have a hard time seeing that parallel. And that's another thing, too, Robert. We've we've moved away from being able to see two occurrences can happen at one time in life. We have two eyes for a reason, not one like Cyclops. You know, (laughs) people can, you know, maybe not succeed in one area, but they exceed in others. You know, it's like with this whole, like, I don't want to touch on it, but I have to, this whole vaccine thing. Mm -hmm. You know, people have to realize, yes, it may lessen your symptoms, but it doesn't make you immune. Just like don't debunk natural immunity. There's a lot of people that I know that have never had a vaccine in their life, never been sick. Yeah. I mean, so it's like the same thing. People have lost the ability to see two parallels.
0: Exactly. And with this whole freedom freedom of choice thing, too, is like people just ha- have to realize, yes, you have the freedom to choose. Mm-hmm. But so do the businesses. You know, yeah. if, the, if businesses yeah. want to to require it, they they can require it yeah you know like they definitely can so if if you choose to not get it and you want to dine somewhere that requires it you can't go <laughs> you know like it, it is what it is it's one right. of those things that that we want everything it's like mm-hmm. i want i want my choice but you have to respect my choice but they mm-hmm. they don't I want what i want you
1: know. when i want it
0: yes like like for for me i don't i don't train people who are morbidly obese And it's nothing against Mm -hmm. them. That's just not my niche. You know, my niche is like, you know, former athletes let themselves go a little bit Mm -hmm. and they want to, they want to kind of get back into it. You know, my classes are intense. Like my classes are not good for that demographic, Mm -hmm. you know? So that doesn't mean I have anything against them. Doesn't mean I dislike them, but there are other people out there that specialize in that niche, you know? So it's like, I I can pick and choose who I want to work with. You know, that's, that's my choice. And people just have to respect that. If people come in, oh, you need to lose a hundred pounds. I'm not the best guy for you, but I can refer you to some somewhere else. Like I have that choice.
1: Yeah. And people people
0: understand choice comes with consequences sometimes.
1: Yeah. And people want what they want when they want it. They want to create this makeshift of everybody is supposed to be inclusive of my lifestyle. And that's not the case. That's why we have so many options.
0: Yes. You know, kind
1: of to your point, like you may not work with people who have a you know morbid obese issue, but you do work with a specific clientele. And that's what I try to explain to my friends who are new entrepreneurs. You have to realize that not your product is not going to fit with everybody. Exactly. Some people like a different approach than what you're doing. I mean, yeah, you may make some people doing the same thing longer than you upset, but At the same time, once again, it's people's preference. People are going to go to somebody who they trust. Not so much by how many ratings or whatever they have. It's about trust. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's about trust and it's about solving their problem. mm -hmm. Like when I work with with people on their websites, it's like if, if I go to your website, I should know what you do, who you work with. And what, what problems you're solving. Mm-hmm. You know, like, a, like if I'm scrolling through and those questions aren't answered, you need to update your website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like people should should know, like people when not they, they go to mine. They, they see the before and after they see, I work with mostly women and my, my mm-hmm. mission, my mission is right on there. It's not about me and my certifications and all this other stuff. It's about them. It's like yeah. in training here, you will get X, Y, Z, you know, cause at because at the end of the day, no one says, you know what? I think I want to work with the most qualified trainer in Providence. <laughs> they, they come out and say, I want to lose 20 pounds. Who can help me lose 20 pounds? <laughs> you know? so, so it's like once they right. find, find that, then they'll worry about, all right, who's the broad guy? <laughs> you know? so, oh, yeah. So, but like people come in, they say, oh, I see your post. I see the the, the results people are getting. And like, that's what they're worried about. They can care less about, about my background. It's like <laughs> they want to see that I can get the results.
1: Yeah yeah and that's you know and that's with me you know i've been a big mental health advocate for the last couple years after sharing my story originally i wasn't going to but then one day i said it it slipped out it actually slipped out on a podcast interview i was doing it just Mm -hmm. slipped out organically i said well i'm just gonna roll with it and keep on moving like santa claus through the alberta clipper so (laughs) you know it it just came out and i've been rolling with it ever since but what i've noticed robert is a lot of people feel comfortable confiding in me about their, you know, problems or whatever it is they're trying to work with, you know, and I try to do my best to say, look, this is my, you know, advice, but take it or leave it. Or here's my take on maybe your situation. And here's maybe some steps you can do to maybe rectify it on your own. And if not, then here's you know some phone numbers to either Nami or some other you know local mental health community places they can go. Yes, because I've built that trust with people. I'm very transparent all the time. You know I give both the hard facts and also the downfall of stuff. You yeah. know like today my my show that's going to air today on Group of Portia is about prescription medication for people who have mental health conditions. Because people don't often know what the process is, how the psychiatrist is going to prescribe this medication to you. It's not like you have, I don't know, like a a sign sticking out of your head that says, (laughs) I have bipolar disorder or I have anxiety. I mean, yeah, you can tell that somebody may have anxiety from their physical, you know, if they're breathing really heavy, they're sweating. You know, there's certain things you may be able to tell, but you'd have to know. Yeah. You know, it's not like if you get a rash, you know, you go into the woods and get, I don't know. What poison ivy or something? The doctor gives you some ointment. Okay, that it's different because everything yeah. you go based on what somebody says.
0: Yeah, and so many people suffer in silence. But mm-hmm. uh, but I uh, uh, want to go back to something you said earlier about you know you might you might not succeed in one area, but you can excel in another mm-hmm. area. So I did a consultation last week. She was actually with one of my former clients, and she said that it's always been her dream to open up a bar, and mm. so. So I was helping her just walk through the process mm-hmm. and you know, I'm taking notes and I'm listening to her. And as I'm listening to her, I was like, I don't think she's ever worked in a bar or a restaurant before. You know, just just one of the vibes mm-hmm. I was getting as we were going back and forth. And so so I asked her, I was like, so have you have you ever worked in a bar? She said, well, I got certified to bartend. And I'm like, so that answer is no. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, just because you got certified, no, the question was, have you worked in a bar? You know, yeah. she's, she's like no like have you ever worked in a restaurant like did you ever wait tables did you ever cook or prep, prep food no I was like so you don't so you don't know what what this is going to to take for you to make mm. this dream come alive I said you're gonna need about a million dollars number one because just to get a building you're looking at at least at, at even a half-ass building you're looking at half a million dollars mm. and then you have to equip it with everything you need. Right. And then then you got to have you got to pay the contractors to do to do the build out because it's not like you're going to get a ready made ready made building. Right. So you're going to have to de- decorate it. You're going to have to get chairs and tables. You got to get the bar itself. You got to get the bar top. You got to get the beer beer taps, walk in freezer, walk you know walk in cooler. And her eyes just got all big as I was late laying it out there. And I was like, so her goal was she wanted to do something African themed. Okay. and you know, just, like, have different theme nights because, you know, there's a lot of different countries in Africa, mm-hmm. so, like, she wanted to have different themes, and, like, she wanted to have a stage for dancing. So, now, as I said, she was one one of my fitness clients before, so I know she's into health and fitness. I said, you know, so if your end goal is to have have a place where people of Af- African descent, African culture can come and congregate mm-hmm. and have something to call their own, I said, why don't, why don't you start like a dance and fitness program and do it African themed. And then she was like, Oh, I said, cause you can start that for dirt cheap. You know, you can, you can rent rent space at a local church for probably a couple hundred bucks and just get it started, build up a clientele. And then once you Mm -hmm. have the clientele belt, then you go find a building. Like that was how I did mine. I I had a hundred, almost 200 clients. When I finally opened up my gym, I started it in playgrounds and, and stuff. And then then I started renting space from other businesses. So, so I didn't take on the full overhead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like, like her eyes just lit up. I'm like, you you love to dance, you love fitness, and you want to showcase African culture. Like, that sounds like a perfect marriage to me, (laughs) you know, so we're we're going to meet, we're going to meet again this week. And and I I say because if you go the other route, you're gonna have to go deep, deep in debt. And right now, restaurants are struggling. You know, restaurants are struggling. Bars are struggling. Like you don't want to take on that debt right now. And like and that's not me. You know, clipping her wings. She needed that dose Mm -hmm. of reality. Yeah, because like I've been on opening teams and restaurants. I said I spent 20 years in that industry. Like I know what it takes to make that happen. Mm -hmm. And and after 20 years, if it was so easy, I'd have my own. (laughs) When I got out, it was like, hell no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you're serving us up on the fitness area now, Robert. (laughs)
0: Fitness and life now, fitness and life. (laughs) Yeah. So we're
1: still getting some uh, taste of something, you know. (laughs) That's it. But Um, I'm happy you kind of redirected her because a lot of people would just watch them sink. Yeah. And to me, it, it goes back to, you know, what we talked about on my show about knowing your value and worth. Yes. A lot of people these days, I hate to say it, are so selfish. Yeah. You know, we, we as aspiring entrepreneurs, there's a lot of vultures out there. Yeah. There's a lot of people I read in a book earlier this year, and I have this quote written in my notebook daily, and it says, ignorance is expensive. Yeah. And that speaks volumes because it is somebody is going to take advantage of you just like that to you know reach their next level and I just think it's sinful but you know what can you do when you don't know you don't know but that's why I try to tell a lot of my friends before they embark on anything really do your research write down every question you have yeah. because no question is a stupid question. The stupid part is when you don't ask.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so true
1: you know, I don't, I don't believe that any question is bad. And I think that's how you get to, you know, solutions and saving yourself a lot of time and Mm -hmm. not going into millions of dollars in debt by the time you're, you know, a certain age where you're pretty much stuck.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And, you know, having trusted, having trust issues too, because as you said, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of vultures out there and my, my former business coach, Told me like I I was going to have a couple of partners to to help me finance the gym. And he was like, don't do it. He was like, don't do it. Like these things end badly. And, you know, ignorance right here. This Mm -hmm. guy at at the time, I went into it It ended up it started off great. You know, the wedding and, and, and the honeymoon was great. And then 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 came the breakup and the aftermath of the breakup. It was it was hell. It mm. was it was absolute. Like I almost walked away. It was that bad. I was like, wow. I just, I just, Like I just want this to go away. And then I I, text, I texted him. I was like, um, you are right. He's <laughs> like, so you are right. You know. So going going in with people, it looks good on paper. You gotta have the right person. You gotta mm-hmm. have the right language language in the agreement. Because because once money starts coming in, people change.
1: Yeah. Ooh. I got a snap on that. Yes, it. <laughs> I'm telling you, because I've I've watched it happen to people, and yeah. it it almost happened to me before. And I'm glad I took a minute. I said, you know what? Let me let me take a little bit of time. Just just give me about a day. And when I really sat with myself and wrote out the pros and the cons, the cons list was longer than the pros. And I said, oh heck you <laughs> no, nope,
0: nope.
1: I'm staying solo. Nope, nope, nope. Not plural here, singular <laughs>
0: <Nope>. <laughs> plural, yeah yeah, so like just so since then, I've had I've had trust issues, and my problem is is I trust too easily because like because yep. I, I look at people and and I see the good. even if there's red flags all over them, I was like, but they're really good in this area, you know and I can I can mm-hmm. work I can work with that. but then ever since that happened, now it's like, I don't, I don't have that same lens. I mean, I still see the good in people, but with, when it comes to business, mm-hmm. I was like, it was like, I can't do it, but I'm grooming my daughter to work with me.
1: But Aww. So, so at
0: least, A, you know, the money stays in the family, and it's like, I know I can trust her. I know she's not going to try to blindside me, <laughs> you know, or go do anything right. crazy. You
1: know? And it's, it's hard. I will admit, Robert, I've struggled with trust issues for a long time. Yeah. And- I'm like you, I see the goodness in everybody. I really try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but now there's certain red flags for me that go off immediately. And I'm like,
0: Mm-mm. that's bad juju. I'm staying away from that <laughs> juju. Mm. It's like
1: it's- you,
0: can, you can tell when people are heart centered. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you can tell like those people, they just come across so genuine. Yep. And of course, hindsight being 2020, it was like, had I, had I taken a deeper look because, you know, where, where, where they got me was because I needed them, you know, because mm. like I, I didn't really have enough capital. I didn't have the best credit. So it's like I, I, I needed them to make it happen. So I think that made me overlook some of the things that I picked up on, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I was just looking at the end goal of getting the gym, getting it profitable, getting them paid back. And then everything's going to be going to be great, great. Like I didn't expect the little twist that know,
1: The plot twist.
0: Yes. So so that that just made me, it, it, it probably cost me thousands of dollars too. Cause I, mm. I mean, I'm, I'm up in the four o'clock hour. I go to my gym. I teach classes. I do personal training. I come home, make sure sure the kids are, are off the school. I'm working on my podcast stuff. I go back to the gym to teach the mid morning class. I come back. <laughs> I, I do, do the podcast now. I have a call a call at one o'clock, a, a mastermind meeting. You know, yesterday I had two two different masterminds, and it's like by the time I get a second's rest, kids are coming home from school, you know, so <laughs> doing, doing the after-school stuff, I go back to the gym, and then sometimes I have coaching, coaching calls in, in the six or seven o'clock hour, so it's like all day long I'm doing stuff, but I don't have anyone selling. so so it's like you can't make money if you're not selling (laughs) you know so so i'm bringing my daughter in and actually one of my longest tenured fitness clients she's going to be working with me as well because i mean she's been been with with me almost 12 years now (laughs) so it's like we definitely have have a solid relationship
1: well and that shows that you know you're really in your calling and your purpose the fact that You've had this client for 12 years. How many people can say they've stayed at a job that long these days? (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest, Robert. I've changed jobs in the last five years. I think I've changed about seven times. Wow. Until I finally quit my corporate job in July of this year. And a lot of people are shocked. A lot of people look at me like, what? You quit your job? Oh. Hmm. Like, I got more stares and questions when I quit my corporate job, then congrats for going solo in my endeavors. I well, said, yeah. see, that? that's how sad our world is that you'd rather me, and, and no offense to anybody who works in corporate, some people need that structure. I'd like to be able to make a larger impact in a small amount of time because time is very valuable to me. And the reason why time is valuable to me is because for the longest time, I would say for at least two or three years, I didn't feel anything. I was literally a walking zombie throughout the whole earth trying to figure out what direction should I go? Why did, oh, woe is me. Why does this keep happening to me until that day that my purpose kind of hit me like a lightning bolt, you know, (laughs) and it's like, okay, here's your answer now. Now go forth. To infinity yeah. and beyond.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, and and most people that knock that knock that are people who are working in those nine to fives, mm-hmm. and they don't have the courage to move on. Now, as you said, some people need that. You know, yep, some, some people, some it. people need that. So I always say the people that watch this show are ones that are they like they feel stuck, kind of how you you felt, and kind of how mm-hmm. I, I felt the the tail end of my management my management career. I was just like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even though, yeah, I write my own schedule, but they still tell me how, how many hours a day I have to work. They still decide yeah. how much they're paying me. I have to get my vacation days approved, you know, or, or if I need personal time off, I, I have to ask permission. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I don't, it's like, I don't, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. A A, I'm a type A, I'm a very type A. I kind of have control ish issues. I'll say control ish. You know, like I can I can relinquish <laughs> I can relinquish the things I suck at, <laughs> but but the things that I'm good at, I gotta be the one that does it. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so case in point, I, I do uh, obstacle races with with my clients, and so everybody like we we get an Airbnb. Everybody brings food, but I cook, and now it's typically Aww. me. It's typically me and mostly moms. And, you know, the moms are all itching. They're like, what can I do? What can I do? I'm like, get. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Go away. <I'm> like, let <laughs> me do this. Like, that's That's the restaurant in me. Because everything is timing. When you're mm-hmm. in the restaurant, everything is timing. So, like, if you're helping me, you're throwing off my timing. <laughs> so, it's like just... You guys know, it. get a beer, go out on the patio, and just (laughs) let me cook. Well, and (laughs) it's like you
1: never let that restaurant party you die either. Like I said, now you're serving up fitness and, you know, speaking Mm -hmm. life to people. Kind of like with me. You know, I've I've worked in healthcare for 10 years and you know, now I'm kind of changing over into that field by going back to school to become a therapist. Now, as far yeah. as what type of mental health therapist, I'm still juggling with that. I don't know mm-hmm. if I want to just go just the licensed independent social worker route or if I want to go full psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I'm young enough to do it. I am young enough to do it. I have no kids. I mean, I have my little fur baby, Mr. Fletcher, who <laughs> obviously holds me accountable when it's P o'clock and he'll be like, hey, mom, <laughs> hey, don't forget about me. was a cute little <laughs> self. But other than that, I don't have any real big obligations. I mean, I own my own place, my own car, you know, I've done that. So now I do have the flexibility. I don't have any major, I would say, like, Things holding me back, because I've I've already let go of the main thing that was holding me captive, yeah.
0: was my nine to five. Yep.
1: Yep. I like I said, I felt like I had a noose over my neck, and I just remember the day kind of like you, Robert. When I woke up, I said, "What am I doing? Why am I not happy? Mm-hmm. I, I love what I do, but I can't do this. What I call the the micromanagement special." I can't. I just I can't. I, I'm done. I said, I need to be able to reach people on a deeper level because that's what brings me passion. That's yes. what brings me joy. Not this little increment of, oh, well, here's how you're helping, but then you're doing everything else wrong. I'm doing everything else wrong according to your standards, not mine.
0: Yeah. Yep. I learned <laughs> exactly.
1: I learned my value and worth from them pretty much pushing me out the door. That was the best thing that they could have ever done. And I know a lot of people may see that as weird, but to me, those moments of employers giving me pushback were the greatest fuel for me to launch off on my own. That was the best thing that could happen.
0: Love, love that. Like, my, my biggest thing with corporate is some rules are just dumb. Yep. And, and I just can't do dumb things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just can't. When I, when I tell you I've clashed, with every supervisor I've ever had. Every <laughs> single one. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not even to be like, oh Rob's be, being a rebel. It's like it's like as a kitchen manager, there's certain things when you're dealing with hot with hot foods, you have to cool them down, you have to cool them down safely. Yeah. And so we had we had a standard for Mashed potatoes. Now we we were uh, one of the higher volume restaurants, so we we went through a lot of mashed potatoes. Mm. The system that we use got them down into the safe temperature zone within two hours. Corporate came out with this nonsense. It was a six-hour process. Like we are a high volume restaurant, we we can't be having this taken six hours. Like we we want to make it in the morning, and by the time we open for lunch, it's in it's in the the right. The safe, it's in the safe zone. You know, so I'm like, why? So I'm going back and forth with my general manager. I'm like, why are we going to do that? Like, Well, because corporate said so. Like, corporate can suck it. <laughs> and and he, he's like, it doesn't work that way. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with the way we're doing it. And it just erupted into a big to-do. But like, I didn't budge. I didn't budge. I'm like, I'm not changing the way we do it because some guy up sitting in an office in Dallas thinks this is a good idea. <laughs> it's like when it's yeah. not.
1: yeah. And a lot of times they have no understanding of the process. That's something that I learned early on Um, when I was like 18 or 19 first started in corporate. I said, oh, we got a bunch of I hate to pull your foot, but a bunch of professional idiots here. It's like you call yourself qualified, but you don't even have a degree. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I met somebody who didn't have a high school diploma that was making over 100,000 at a corporate job. Make that make sense. But yet, <laughs> but true. yet you figure the job description said minimum bachelor's degree. So hmm. Then it just a few times when I've just stood back and observed, I said, "Oh wow, there's a lot of cronyism going on here." Mm-hmm. And you know that that's an unspoken thing in corporate. You know, yep. it's about who you know. It's yep. really not about your qualifications, your skills, and all of that. It's about who you know. At least I know that that's been the case with a lot of the big companies I've worked for. It's been about who you know.
0: Yeah, and then you get unions as well, where it's all about se- seniority, and it's like you know, I'm not, I'm not anti-union, but I've been on the other side of it, going dealing against the union, and uh, you know, from a management capacity. Remember once the the, the vice president ordered us to reduce the staff Mm -hmm. and, but you have to reduce the staff based on seniority. And I was like, but some of these people are no good. (laughs) It's like, if if I'm going to get rid of someone, like I want to keep the workhorses.
1: Right. I want to keep the ones who know the system who understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It may be a little bit of a pull to get them converted over to just hypothetically a new system, but still they know the basics Mm -hmm. because God forbid What if all the computers shut down? Yeah. Then what? I I mean, I've always thought about that. That's why I'm glad I grew up the way that I did. Like, yeah, I grew up in a single parent household. Yeah, we had one computer at one time, but my mom used to build computers. Okay. So, you know, I kind of have a little bit of knowledge about, you know, building computers, that whole thing. But also I know how to do both manual and computer for a lot of things. So that's what has helped me a lot be successful because okay if this you know electronic way doesn't work okay we're going old school right now <laughs> I go old school in the hobbies, okay i will go old school
0: that's because so
1: you know things are not always as uh reliable as what we would like them to be that's
0: true and so
1: that's why i always tell people always learn both aspects of things i think when you're an entrepreneur you need to have a little bit of knowledge about every job or every person you employ you need to yeah. understand every role because you may have to fill that seat for a minute.
0: See, and that goes back to what I was telling that woman about wanting to open up a nightclub. Like you've never worked in a restaurant. You've never worked in a bar. You've never worked in a nightclub. It's like, you know, you, you're going to want to rethink this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did tell us that this is something you want to do. I would go work at one. Work at yeah. m- multiple positions and maybe even manage one. You know, if, yeah. you, if you can get to, to, to that level, manage one, because you have to know what goes on day to day. You know, like it's not, it's not it's not like, you know, what you see on TV. You know, they, yeah, they, re- oh, they just God. show you all, all the people lounging, everybody smiling and right you know, like when you. They don't show you when crap hits the fan. Right. <laughs> no if there's
1: difference. God forbid if one of your favorite beer things go down. Yeah. You got or a bunch of angry customers.
0: Yep. Or the cook gets hurt or the waitress do- doesn't show. There's so there's so many different if your delivery is late, your food delivery or your beer delivery is late. Mm-hmm. Like that all all of that stuff happens. Oh you know, yeah. Be an absolute nightmare. And it's just what one of those things where you gotta have thick, thick skin. Yeah. To be Ooh. to be in that in that industry. Like you yes. cannot be you cannot have a soft spine and and, and be an effective leader. You just can't.
1: Well, and then entrepreneurship, you have to have a thick skin too. And you have to have a lot of patience when you're an entrepreneur, because it goes back to what me and you have been saying. Our taste is not going to fill everybody's palate. It's not. So you're going to get a lot of no's. Like I just had to explain this to one of my friends earlier this week. I said, look, I know that you just launched this awesome thing, but you want all these people to support you. That's fine and dandy. But you have to realize that when you keep giving and giving and giving, mm-hmm. and then you want people to pay up, that's not how it works. Yeah. I said, you're going to have to pivot. You're going to have to pivot. If you, you, I don't know if you want to shut down a few of your groups that you have in order to be able to pitch to the groups who need your message. I don't know what that looks like for you. But I yeah. said, either way. You're going to have to pivot some way. You can't just throw it all away. And I, t- I told them, I said, don't throw what you've worked 10 hours on for the last six months completely away. I said, yep. because you made it because you are passionate, because you know that it works. You know that people need it. So now is the real test. As entrepreneurs, you get tested every day,
0: Yeah. every single True. day. True. And, and it's about just taking what you already know. Mm-hmm. Like on on my second show, because I did two of them yesterday, on the second show, woman a, a woman was asking questions and she was saying that, you know, like her phone's getting shut off. She doesn't, she doesn't have, have any money. She, she doesn't know what to do. I said, get a notebook. I said, write down everything that, that you're good at. Everything. I said, circle the one you're most pass- passionate about that you can teach someone else. Mm-hmm. And then just start making videos teaching that thing. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like with with mine, I, I think I think I told you when I was on your show. Like I started the speak speak about yourself program from everything being shut down last year and everything going to vir- to virtual. Mm-hmm. People could not introduce themselves. Like every Zoom call I was on, I uh, I my uh, my name is Gloria and I'm uh, I'm like oh my lord, and it's like every single person coming in. And like, and and I'm inboxing people. I was like, if you need a hand telling your story, I can help you. Like you need a hand. And like maybe 20 people or so took me up on it. So as I'm doing these zoom calls with these people, I was like, there's something here. (laughs) Like there's definitely something here. And then like Mm -hmm. I went, I went Googling like storytelling coach. And there's like a handful. So it's not like there's tons because most most people call themselves speaker speaker coaches.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: so I call myself a storytelling coach, you know, just so I'll be in that that smaller, that smaller group. yeah, but but I was like, and I just took something that I learned. You know, because I got schooled in the difference in being a, a speaker and a storyteller. So I took what I learned from that person and created the modules that I sent to you. Mm-hmm. Although the one I sent to you, that's a second edition. Because the first edition I had way too much stuff in it. And so it was just, it's like it made sense to me because I'm the one that wrote it. But for the people going through it, it was it was just too it was too much. And again, that's one of those things where you don't scrap the entire program, mm-hmm. you know, so I just went Pivot. back, went back to square one, I said, all right, let's just zero in this way, and I think it's, think it's great, now, I've had a couple of people see it all the way through, and just the breakthroughs that they've, that they've had mm-hmm. in, in finding the parts of their stories that they didn't even know was the powerful part, Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you know, there's this, like, they're like, oh, I didn't think to share that. I said, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, you see, I started with, I'm a liberated woman. Yeah.
0: I exactly.
1: mean, it took me a while to get here. But once I did, I can proudly say it, standing on my own two feet. Because yep. for the longest time, I've shrunk myself because I was afraid to outgrow people. But now I'm like, look, you're either going to roll with me or you're not. It's that simple. And honestly, if you don't want to, because I've grown too big, you know, talk about me all you want to. Okay, fine. But you know, we transition and evolve all the time. Like there was a post on, um, somebody that posted in one of the groups I follow that says, what does it mean to be an awakened woman? And I had to respond. I don't know why (laughs) for some reason I was drawn to that post for some reason. Yep. Spoke to you. And I I I was the first person to comment. So that's how I knew it was for me. (laughs) And I said, an awakened woman is somebody who accepts people for who they are, for their flaws and all. Also, is somebody who is responsible, who, you know, can accept who they are, the good and the bad, and also understands that life is going to throw you lemons all the time. But you have to have that optimistic outlook to see what it is that you're given in order to make use of it, because I mean, heck, if they're giving me a bunch of rotten lemons, you know what I'm gonna do with them? I'm gonna take them to the batting and start hitting people with them. Look, y'all, free <laughs> entertainment for TikTok. You see <laughs> right there.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, no pun intended. You can make real lemon heads there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, and yeah, because too many, too many times people let adversity define them mm-hmm. so like, Oh, I tried this. Like, like when people come to me and say, Oh, I've tried every diet out there. Like that, that means you haven't tried any of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's like, what, what you, cause you tried keto for two weeks. That's not trying it. If you're gonna, if you're going to try anything, I say, I thought you got to give it at least at a minimum four months, yep four months. Mm-hmm. It takes time for, for your body to adapt for it to cleanse itself. For the cells to stop uh, to start absorbing the good mm-hmm. the good nutrients, I mean it's it, it's a process. Like people people will be like three months. They're like Rob, you know, you know, I've only lost five pounds, and I'm like flex. I'm like see that muscle? You didn't have that when you started. Stop weighing yourself. <laughs> you know, I was like yeah. stop weighing yourself. <laughs> like your body your body is gonna do a transformation. It's like you're gonna burn some body fat, but you're also gonna put on muscle. Mm-hmm. So you so you can't fully go by the scale. You know, so I tell people focus on performance. If if you just focus on performance day in and day out, a year from now you're gonna look completely different. Okay, Mm -hmm. you're three months in. That's not that's not. I've been at this a long time. Three months is nothing. (laughs) You know, right? If you've been doing
1: it for years at a time, I mean, Robert, I mentioned to you that I've been on an autoimmune paleo diet since April of this year. Yes, and a lot of people have noticed when they see me in person. They're like, oh my God, you're you've lost so much weight. And I'm like, well, look, I I either make the the rhetorical remark of, Well, I'm trying to find me a husband, or next time you see me, I'm gonna look like this pen, this pencil right here. That's how big I'm gonna be next time you see me. They they start laughing because they know they're gonna get my sarcasm.
0: Yeah, of course. But but All you're right, right so, though. So I know you need a heart out, so give us some final thoughts. This was
1: fantastic for anybody out there who is struggling to tell their story, who wants to take that leap of faith, do it afraid. Do it afraid. It's not impossible. Take some time to really do some soul searching. And you know, if you're not happy at your nine to five job, quit. If you're not happy, quit because you're gonna be more miserable staying there instead of going out on your own, doing some homework and figuring out what it is that you need to do to be happy because happiness is a personal choice.
0: Bingo. I love it. Great way to end. Thank you very very much. So we have her Instagram, Instagram handle up is at Portia P-O-R-T-I-A underscore hugs H-U-G-S for the peeps that will be listening on the audio only. And again, thank you very much for taking the time. This was a great conversation. Oh yeah, and
1: you know I'm a big hugger, Rob. So if I ever see you in person, you will get a bear hug from me.
0: I am too. I hug all of my clients. Here you go. All, yeah. All of them. Here you go. Oh 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 oh. You'll get a bear hug from me. I give the
1: best hugs. Porsche <laughs> hugs. <laughs> love it, love
0: it. So when when I do my my next uh my next All Star panel, I'll reach out if you Sweet. Will. Want to be on? Yeah, I think I'm gonna do it every other week now. So the first one is this Saturday at 11. So I'll make sure I get you on there.
1: Yay. <laughs> all
0: right. Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: All right, Rob. Thank you so much. Right, Take care, everybody.
0: everybody. All right. Bye. And she out. Oh, all right. So that was Portia. This was a fabulous conversation. So if you're tuning in late, you want you want to go back and uh, check out the rest, of, the rest of this one. We covered a lot of topics. But as you all know, it's all about making whatever it is you're going through whatever mess you have going on is how to make that mess work in your favor that's what it is i'll be back friday you've been listening to shut up and grind